And we are live once again, coming to you from the city of brotherly love, none other than Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, broadcasting from and hanging out in the WWDB 860 AM studios. You've tuned yourself in to another episode of the Health Coach Ev Show, where we are leveling the playing field around physical and mental health. What that means is we are bringing you the best ideas for what actually works for managing health issues, not just what has the most money behind it. By the way, I'm your host, Evan Transu, a.k.a. Health Coach Ev. You can reach out anytime or check out my work at evantransu.com. Today, though, we have special guest and now someone I consider a friend, Mr. Lucas Wolf. Lucas lived a perfect life. He came from a loving home with strong family ties, had close friends, and earned good grades, yet he wanted to die. Believing he had no right to be depressed, he hid the signs of his inner turmoil for years until the illness broke him during his final semester at Penn State University. Unable to eat, sleep, he knew he, the harrowing choice that lay before him. Lucas's new book, My Perfect Life, tells the inspirational story of his years-long battle against an invisible illness and reveals the steps he took to find peace, hope, and purpose after wanting to end his life. Through his goofy, relatable, and emotionally gripping stories, you'll experience the world through his eyes as he battled suicidal depression. His story lays to rest the myth that those that, who lead good lives don't struggle with their mental health while offering an abundance of hope and healing to all battling mental illness. Well, wow, that sounds familiar. Uh, Lucas, thanks for being here, man. Yeah, thanks for having me, Evan. I think that's the one place where we've related from on day one is, yeah, we have these backgrounds of this quote-unquote perfect life. Why do I feel this way? You know, and why do I have these things going on? Yeah, exactly. Um, I really didn't understand it. Uh, and in my junior year of high school is when uh, this depression really started. Uh, and it was weird because for me, one of the first sy symptoms that I experienced was actual uh, suicidal ideation. Um, that's not usually one of the first. Um, and it really freaked me out. I didn't know what was going on. And what I tried to do was I, I tried to drive myself. Um, and by that, I just mean I, I tried to achieve, I, I tried to accomplish things to cover up uh, the, the sense of, of worthlessness that I had um, and, and sort of the, the fleeting feeling in the back of my mind that I didn't want to admit, uh, which was that there was no real purpose to life. Um, and that scared the heck out of me. And, and you know, I don't think anyone wants to admit that they feel that. Um, and that, that really kind of compounded the depression and, and made it worse over the years. And that started in junior year of high school, you said, right? Yeah, that started my junior year of high school. I was about 16, 17 years old. Okay. And I know we're going to be talking about probably more CBT-related things today, which is cognitive behavioral therapy and the book, of course. But just out of curiosity, I mean, it was pretty much years before you got proper help for these conditions, correct? Yeah, it was uh, It was about six years that uh, I dealt with this alone, um, not really understanding what it was, never really thinking that it was depression. Um, I know it kind of sounds stupid now, but I just, I, I had no idea that somebody that lived a good life could struggle with this. Um, so for six years, I just kind of buried it and tried to just beat it with brute force, uh, and it didn't work. Right. And that's the biggest thing I think we're trying to do with, I mean, your book, my book, and are actually both uh, speakers, which is really cool. But anyone could get cancer or an autoimmune disease, right? doesn't matter if they had a good life or bad life. It might be a little more prevalent if you've had a you know few things going on in your life that have led to some unfortunate circumstances, right? Mm -hmm. But that does not mean it's impossible to happen over here. Um, and I'm acting like we're on video, right? <laughs> because we have the Facebook. But, you know, 
mental health can happen to anyone. And I think one of the biggest things we're trying to do is end the stigma and prevent people from waiting six years or, I mean, God knows how long I waited to actually get these things done, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, and, and, and you're absolutely right. And and when you think about it, so you know, it's a little bit nuts because we would not wait six years to, to talk about a physical health issue. We probably wouldn't even wait six months. Um, and, it, and it really was just due to me not understanding what it was. And I'm, I, I really, I'm not mad about it. I'm not upset about it. You know, it's just the way that it was. Um, and, and I'm sure you feel the same way, but that's why we both uh, want to talk about it a little bit more because we don't want other people to have to suffer in silence for, for years or months or even weeks. You know, it doesn't have to be that way. Correct. And yeah, I mean, I'm not mad about it at all because you and I always talk about there is the societal side of things and then there is a personal responsibility side of things. And quite frankly, I had a really good support network that probably would have helped me and I still didn't talk about a lot of this stuff. So we're going to go in that next step and just being like, all right, it's okay for the individual to talk about these things. No worries there. But let's get into kind of the bulk of what we wanted to talk about today. I know that cognitive behavioral therapy was such a big thing for you, and it's something that you know we kind of wanted to dedicate the majority of this show to. So tell me a little bit about that. How do you even get started with it? Like, what happened? Yeah. So, I mean, one, one of the reasons why I love cognitive behavioral therapy is because it, it, it taught me something very important about depression, which is that I, I have some measure of power over it, and we all do. Um, and I want to make something very clear at the outset. Depression, anxiety, mental illness in general is not something that we can just flip on and off like a switch. Um, so I'm not advocating that we can do that, right? And, and I think that that's obvious from my story. I spent six years trying to do that, and it didn't work. Um, but when you spend that amount of time fighting against something and nothing that you do works, you do learn to be hopeless. And by the time that I reached out for help, I really was hopeless. I did not think that there was anything that could be done for me. And what CBT did was show me that that was not true. Um, there was a lot that I could do. There were a lot of thought patterns that I had with very good intentions that were actually making the depression worse. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't think that those thought patterns caused the depression. It was really my way of trying to get out of it, but I was harming myself more by accident. Um, and I'll give you an example is one of the major things that I did, and I talk about this in the book, is I, 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 I sort of set up this battle in my mind that uh, my grades in, in college, my, uh, I, I studied chemical engineering at, at Penn State, and I, and I set up in my mind that if I could do well in that, that would earn me the right to have my good life. Hmm. Um, and that was sort of my my depressive battle. And what that did was that ascribed the value of my life to my grades. And when I started failing all my classes, it, it, it meant quite literally in my mind that I was going to die. Um, and that was really causing a lot of problems. And I knew that that didn't make any sense, but I, I really needed help in, in CBT and in, in figuring out why that thought pattern made no sense and how I would never ascribe that to someone else. You know, if somebody else failed a test, I'd be like, oh, it's just a test. Like, it's just one test, right. one <laughs> class. Like, your life is way more important than that. But then me, it was like, no, 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 my life's not more important than this because I don't deserve this good life that I have. How did CBT, like what happened in that that makes you realize that that's an irrational thought? Because again, to most of us probably listening, it's pretty clear, okay, that doesn't 
make sense. And that's not fair is probably a better way to say it. So you can't realize that when you're saying it to yourself. What does another person do for you that helps you with that? So what what really helped is um, is you're just kind of having these conversations. And you know what my doctor would do is he would really point out the cognitive distortion and how I only applied it to myself, but I didn't apply it to other people. And what really helped me a lot was one, highlighting that double standard, and two, also pointing out how illogical some of these things were. Um, and and some of the major ones that I did was, you know, it everything was a catastrophe, right? Like if something went wrong, it was going to be the worst possible thing. Yep. Um, but you know what? I, I ended up failing a couple of the classes that I was in, and I'm sitting here today having passed those classes eventually and having graduated. So what really happened when I failed those classes? Not much. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, I, I, I didn't die. Um, so pointing, pointing that out and, and, and pointing out the ways that I hold myself to a standard that makes no sense um, and, and the illogic of that is what really helped me to be like, okay, this doesn't make sense. I do need to work on this and I do need to change. And when I accepted that, I was able to do that. And that that gave me a measure of control over the depression. Awesome. And I think that's something that mental health issues even aside, we can all learn from because I feel like I do that to myself still. You know, I apply these very high standards to myself and I have to constantly put myself in check, making sure what do I actually just need to be doing versus what is this made up thing in my mind and this crazy standard that I'm holding myself to. And I think the pandemic's been useful for that because uh, – kind of going with the standards, I attach like labels to myself sometimes. And so do many of us. And a lot of labels got taken away during the pandemic. You know, people lost jobs and did all these things. So uh, we'll touch more on that in just a second. We're going to take a quick one minute break to talk about some of our sponsors. Hey, Health Coach Ev here again. When you know that you or a loved one would do better mentally with something more than what their current doctor is doing, you can head to the Patient Experience Center at dhalab.com. View their advanced brain chemistry consultations to quickly and easily test and optimize with an MD. Take brain health in your own hands today with a 10% discount. Use the code HEALTHCOACHEV when checking out for a 10% discount on any test and consultation services. I love the guys over at DHA Lab. I use them personally when I have a client that needs blood work, so I definitely do not recommend anyone I do not trust myself. And hey, speaking of mental health, Find Yourself Boxes knows that self-care is more than a social media trend. It's essential for our mental health. These custom care packages are a great idea during the pandemic. Each box is created to allow you to prioritize your mental health in your ups and downs. All products featured were chosen with intention and research to spark comfort, joy, calm, and hope, all essential components in the healing process. Bold healing comes in small packages. Visit findyourselfboxes.com to purchase your box and use code HEALTHCOACHEV1 for 10% off on your first order. All right, we're back. Welcome to the Health Coach Ev Show, where we are leveling the playing field around physical and mental health. We're here with our guest today, Lucas Wolf, author of My Perfect Life. We're talking about CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, and some of the things he learned throughout that. Definitely a good thing to be dedicating to this show today. Now, we had kind of just touched on how CBT can help you almost break through thoughts that or standards you would never apply to someone else. But some of the other things I know that you wanted to talk on that CBT helped with was this guilt side of things. So we, I really only saw that one word on the list. So what does that mean to you? Like, what does guilt mean? Yeah, so 
it, that's a great question. Um, and, and a little bit of background. Uh, you know, I'm a twin. I was born healthy. Um, I, I was premature, so I had a couple health problems uh, young. Um, but uh, I, you know, did well, uh, and I did well in school, and, and everything was good uh, for, for me and my twin. But my younger brother, Gabriel, uh, he was born healthy, but at 11 months old, he got pneumococcal meningitis. Um, and that left him uh, physically and mentally disabled. Um, and he'll, he'll technically never mature past the age of a six-year-old, though he is you know, very, very smart in his own right. And I was sort of a normal teenager, uh, you know, a little bit lazy, um, kind of just didn't care too much about school, um, wanted to hang out more with my friends. And as I got older and I, you know, I kind of looked at my life and I looked at Gabriel's life, I realized I hadn't done anything to deserve my life and he didn't do anything to deserve his. It was just the hand that we were both dealt. Um, and that struck me as wildly unfair. And as I thought about that more, you know, it wasn't just him. It was all the people that don't have the life that I do. I mean, I, I come from a two parent family where my parents love me and they treat me well and I've never wanted for anything in my life. I, I had a good education. Um, and most of the people in the world don't have that. And I started to think all the people that go hungry, all the people that come from broken families, all, all the people that never have any opportunity. And I realized that I won the lottery, right? I really did. And I just felt so exceptionally unworthy of that. And I thought that I needed to make up for that. Um, and that guilt really crushed me because anything that I accomplished was a product of what had been handed to me on a silver platter, you know, i.e. it didn't count. And anything that I failed to do was because I was a worthless loser that wasn't good enough to have the life that got handed to me and I was wasting it. Um, and like that a double would, standard there. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And that's actually, it's another cognitive distortion that I learned about in CBT. Um, and, and you know, I, I remember my doctor, one of the first things that he said to me when I was kind of arguing with him was he was like, look, dude, depression will really mess you up. And it will tell you that you have no right to be depressed because you're not broke, homeless and starving. But man, you are hurting and it's OK to admit that. Um, and so really coming to terms with that guilt and realizing, um, you know, there's a lot that I can do that is good, but I, I can't. I can't go back and and heal my brother. Uh, I can't, you know, just wave my hand and wipe away all the problems of the world. Um, and so I have to be able to measure that guilt and, and weigh it against what I can do to help and then kind of really learn how to let go of the rest because none of us are going to be able to solve every single problem in the world. Right. And I mean... Just out of curiosity, we don't have to get too deep into this. Do you find that that guilt was solely a result of mental health issues or that you have that anyway and mental health issues kind of amplified it? I, I think the mental health issues definitely amplified it. Um, and I think it was, you know, I, I think a lot of this was driven by the sort of purposelessness that I felt from the depression. Um, and it was sort of my way of trying to latch on to meaning somewhere. Hmm. Um, but it, it, it wasn't. It wasn't a successful strategy, but it was certainly something that had me very driven. Um, and if there was anything that was good about it, it, it kind of kept me on a, 
on on somewhat of a straight and narrow um because you know i i i talk about it a little bit i i I had a what felt like a very unnatural desire to do drugs and to to drink myself to oblivion uh and i wouldn't do it um and part of the reason that i would not go that far i mean i definitely drank a lot when i was in college but i i stayed away from the drugs um was was the guilt and and was the acknowledgement that this idea of earning my life was more important than the pain that I was in. Um, and that that really drove me pretty hard. Wow. And yeah, I only ask because I feel like I've experienced the same thing. And I feel like many others do. You know, I had a, statistically we're doing pretty well with what we were given in life. Right. And mm-hmm. so it's been an issue for me. Mental health issues aside, you know, it's just like I feel like I'm too hard on myself when I did earn something and, you know, probably not fair enough to myself when I failed somewhere and didn't do well. So I definitely can relate to that. And I love your transparency with those types of things. Now, something else that you had mentioned, and I want to tread lightly on this because Lucas is an extremely objective guy. I like to believe I'm an objective guy, and we try to mix the best of Western and Eastern medicine. But you mentioned that you know medicine can be uh, sometimes a crutch and a, even a supplement and not the end-all solution. What does that mean exactly, just to be clear for people? Yeah, so I, I mean, I'm the type of person, I was so against medicine. I, I did not want to take it. I mean, before my experience with this, I, you know, I could have a massive pounding headache and I would try to not take Advil because I just was like, no, nah, I don't. I, I, I want my body to figure it out. <laughs> um, but when I went into the doctor, I mean, I, I, I was so broken. I couldn't do anything. I, I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep. I could barely get out of bed. I just could not function. And CBT is is primarily... Uh, you know, kind of the art of working on yourself. I I had no power to do that. And the medicine really, I you know, I kind of liken it to like depression was like this two-ton rock that I had just sitting on me, just crushing me. And the medicine lifted that. Um, and so I was on an anti-anxiety uh, and an antidepressant. Um, and the anti-anxiety helped me sleep. And the uh, antidepressant was more of a slow-acting thing, took a couple weeks to kick in. Um, and it just kind of righted the ship. Um, and I, I, I really needed that to then put the principles of CBT, uh, you know, into motion. Um, and then as, as I got better, I was able to wean off of the anti-anxiety. Um, and I, I weaned down on the anti, uh, the antidepressant. Um, there was a period where I got off of it. Uh, it was actually pretty recent. Uh, just this past summer, I was off of it. And it felt really good, um, and I was I was happy to be off of it. Uh, but then the fall came around, and and every year I seem to struggle in the fall. Um, I always have a hard time in the fall, and uh, I felt the depression coming back. Um, and I, I I said, you know what, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go off the cliff again this year. I'm I'm gonna get back on the medicine for a little bit, and I did, and it it righted the ship right away. Nice. nice. So. It, it, it definitely, and it's a low dose, you know, it's it's a low dose, but my message to people is, you know, if you need it, that it's, it's very okay. It's very okay if you need some medicine, if you need a little bit of help with that. Um, I kind of think of it the same as like diabetes, right? If you need something for diabetes, nobody's gonna think that that's messed up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I needed that little bit of help 
and I'm I'm really just honestly thankful that that it exists because it it brought me back from the brink of destruction. Well, I love it, and that was a good clarification of what you meant by crutch because I can picture people taking that the wrong way, but it, that's a very realistic view, and you're using it right now, so that's totally cool. Right. And that's what we're all about: leveling the playing field, right? Getting the best of both worlds. It's not just one-sided here. But hey, we'll be right back after another quick commercial break, and then we're going to talk a little more about Lucas's book. Hey, guess who? Health Coach Ev here once again, and I just wanted to talk about my friend Sandeep Patel. Sandeep is an engineer by trade who has been developing his skills as a photographer for quite some time now, and this guy is good. He even took the picture of my new profile for social media, which I got great feedback on. And trust me, if this guy can make me look good, then he's got you covered for sure. Sandeep is a Philadelphia-based and does event and lifestyle photography, always capturing the moments that are special to you. The best way to reach him and see his work is through his Instagram account at I am San S A N underscore deep. That's I am San underscore deep on Instagram. And last but not least, an ad for ads? You betcha. The Health Coach Ev Show has a few opportunities before year's end to advertise on our show, which includes additional advertisements on our podcast at no additional cost. We are currently not accepting any ads after the new year, so spots are very limited. Visit evantransu.com and select the contact form to talk more about advertising on the show. That's www.evantransu.com and click on contact to get chatting. Hey, we're back on the Health Coach Ev Show, where we are leveling the playing field around physical and mental health. I'm your host, Health Coach Ev, and we are here with Lucas Wolf, our guest today, author of My Perfect Life. We're going to be finishing up the last several minutes here talking about the book. First of all, I think we already kind of got the gist, but maybe just as a quick refresh, My Perfect Life, what does that mean for a title? Like, why would you name it something like that? Yeah, well... I named it that because as I was learning about depression, all the books that I could find, all the people that I talked to were people that experienced some sort of significant trauma uh, in their life, which, you know, uh, back then it, it, it made sense to me why they would be depressed, whereas my depression didn't make any sense. Um, but as, you know, you're looking around in the news and stuff, I was seeing a lot, uh, a lot more suicides of people that had quote unquote perfect lives. Um, and so I thought, well, that was me. I, I had a perfect life. And, and so that's why I wrote this book, you know, My Perfect Life, uh, How Depression Almost Ended It and How I Found Purpose Through Pain. Right. And Lucas and I had been talking months before he ever published this book. And you just were so attentive to the detail of it. I know how much effort you put in. I mean, how long had you been working on this thing? Yeah, it took me a while. I, I spent probably about three, three and a half years working on it. <laughs> That's amazing. And you're obviously a smart guy, chemical engineer by trade. Like, it's not like you can't do it. You're just taking that much time and effort. So I love it. What was, I, I obviously get that, yes, you had mental health issues and you want to write the book, but there's a lot of people that have mental health issues and don't do that. What are you hoping to achieve from sharing your story with the world? So I, I, I think what's really hard and what, what was really hard for me and, and hard for other people is understanding what depression is actually like if you haven't experienced yourself or if you're just at the very beginning stages of it and you're kind of like, what the heck is going on with me? And so what I wanted people to see is what is actually happening in the mind of someone who is struggling with depression and who is fighting it with hard, right? Who Who is not just like rolling over and letting it take over their lives, which I obviously did not do since I fought this thing for six years. And, and I wanted people to see 
how the illness is, is really, it's an intelligent illness and, and how it breaks uh, people down piece by piece by piece until one day they look up and they have no idea how they got so broken, but they are. Yeah. Um, and, and so that's what I wanted people to understand, but I, I wanted it to be hopeful and I wanted it to be funny and an entertaining read at the same time. Um, and, and so that's how, that's how I wrote it. So, you know, it's, it's a series of stories um, beginning with the onset of my depression in my junior year of high school. And it, it takes you through uh, my college years as it got worse and worse. And then, you know, finally my recovery and, and uh, how, I, how I actually got healthy. What is your favorite piece of feedback or just a compliment that you've gotten from the book so far? Yeah, so there are, there are actually two things that, that I got that I really love. Um, one was from a woman whose uh, son actually committed suicide a number of years ago, and she has read tons and tons of books on depression and anxiety to try to understand. Um, and she said that no book had given her as much insight and as much peace in understanding what her son must have been going through. And, and that she thinks that it is just a beacon of hope uh, for people who are going through this. Um, and so I, I, I was really happy to hear that, that a parent um, found this book helpful. Um, and and I, I had that in mind when I wrote it. I, I wanted parents to be able to read this book and understand what their, what their children are going through. Um, so that was really great. And I think the other one that I, that I really loved was uh, somebody said that when they were reading it, they just, their heart was racing the entire time because they couldn't believe that their brain was on the pages of this wow. book. <laughs> yeah. And I was, I was laughing at that. And also the, the same person said, but instead of crying, they were laughing the whole time. And I was like, that's perfect. I, I want people to relate to it. I want them to find peace from it. I want them to find hope and I want them to have a good time while they're doing it. That's amazing because I know, you know, having written a book myself, we're supposed to write it with a particular type of person in mind. And I know for you, that was, you know, those young adult type people that are dealing with this stuff. But to see that a parent can benefit from that as well. In fact, sometimes that might be the most beneficial group, right, is to understand what their kids are going through if they've never dealt with this, because it's so prevalent in our generation. Uh, let's talk about the most important part. Where can people get this book? And where can they contact you if they would like to do so? Uh, yeah, so people can get this book at uh, Amazon. You just got to search My Perfect Life, Lucas Wolf, and that is Wolf with an E. Um, you can also go to my website, lucasawolf.com, um, and, and you can contact me there. Um, and uh, you can also, there's a little link to the book on, on my website as well. Awesome. I appreciate it. So we got about a minute and a half here. Let's call it a minute for you because I'll have to finish up. I'm going to do a little rapid fire question. Mm -hmm. What would you say the number one thing you would tell someone out there listening that's dealing with mental health issues right now? Like what advice would you give them? Anyone could be any kind of reason. I would say the number one thing is there's hope. And if you are in a dark and despairing place, please know that there is another side to that pain. And on that other side is a rich, wonderful, beautiful, fulfilling life that you deserve. I think that's a great answer and a great way to wrap up the show today. Guys, please, please, please go check out his book, Amazon.com, Lucas Wolf. That's Wolf with an E, W-O-L-F-E. But for today, thank you so much for tuning in to yet another episode of the Health Coach Ev Show, where we are leveling the playing field around physical and mental health. I'm your host, Health Coach Ev, and our guest today was Lucas Wolf. Please remember, do not give up if you're dealing with these types of issues, and if you know 
in your heart that something more needs to be done, please do that something more. That's what I did. That's what Lucas did. And it really did change our lives. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks so much. Thanks so much.